This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 22nd of December. Yep, and all eyes are on the northern beaches of New South Wales where lots of people have been coming forward for testing, which is really great to see. I think there were about 38,000 tests that were reported yesterday and only only 15 cases that came out yesterday. So with that many tests being done and that relatively small number of cases in comparison, is this a sign that we're getting out of the woods or is it perhaps the calm before the storm? Well, there's really no way of knowing. They've got the inside dope at the um, at New South Wales Health, so it could go either way. Let's hope that it, that it was good news and it'll be consistent and that today when the results come out, it will be a similar figure or even lower. However, if you remember from Victoria, there were days which it went up and days when it went down, particularly on the days of testing. We just don't know yet. The disturbing thing is still that there are some cases outside the Northern Beaches area. Not far on yesterday's cases, they weren't that far outside the uh, the Northern Beaches area. They were going along, a, if you like, an upper North Shore trajectory. There has been a hair salon in Taramara for non-New South Wales Corona casters. That's upper North Shore, but it is continuous with the Northern Beaches geographically. So there are still some cases popping up there. They are related, apparently, to the, uh, which is good news, to the, the beaches outbreak. But the problem then is, have they seeded elsewhere? So the, the, the contact tracing is still going well, but we really are not sure. And there's a workplace, apparently, in the city where there's been some cases there. In the eastern suburbs, there's a long, long list now of places where you're considered a close contact if you've been indoors. So this is pretty nerve-wracking that it could jump back up. Let's hope not, but one day doesn't tell you what's going on. So we've got Paul asking about the difference between random testing, like testing large swathes of people, and targeted contact tracing. And Paul makes the point that there's a big difference between finding 30 cases in, say, 30,000 tests and finding 28 cases from contact tracing, but only finding two in the other 29,000 or so tests. Yes, there is. But even if you take the total positivity rate of testing, we're still testing a lot of people relative to the number of people coming up positive. And yeah, it does tell you a lot about contact tracing. If you're getting a lot of hits from the contact tracing, that's good. And it's good that The remainder of tests, you can't actually separate them out. In the remainder of tests, if you're not picking up many and you're mostly finding from contact tracing, that is a cause for comfort. Um, But we just need to see how we're going. And the problem is that the, as it should be probably, or you'd expect it to be, the bulk of the testing is being done on the northern beaches. But the rest of greater metropolitan Sydney really does need to step up the testing. People need to come forward. Because if they're not coming forward, we don't really know what might be circulating there that's missed by the contact tracers. And unfortunately, the COVID Safe app doesn't seem to be helping much. Right. So it could be a false appearance that it's concentrated in the northern beaches if those are really the only people who are coming forward to get tested. If you don't look, you don't find. So on that, let's talk about that contact tracing and the COVID Safe app because it sort of feels like the old-fashioned way is the most reliable way at the moment. We've had complaints or troubles with um, the QR codes and the reliability of the information that people are putting in when they're scanning their QR code, and we don't really hear much about whether the COVID Safe app is uncovering any cases that aren't being uncovered through the old-school contact tracing boot leather way. Well, there's no question that the New South Wales health approach is relying very much on their 
excellent, it is excellent, contact tracing process. But there is there, there really is some hygiene that they need to do to clear up things. One is there's clearly a problem with the QR codes. Why don't they just say everybody has to use the service New South Wales QR code, which is really excellent, has your name registered with them, and contact tracers get it immediately. They don't have to phone up a cafe and then go to the QR code company and, and pull down the tests and then find later that some of it was written down and put in an electronic database. I mean, it's just messy, whereas Service New South Wales just gives it. So why, why mess around? Why not just do that? Same as mask, mask wearing. Why not just mandate masks and just get going with it? And then the COVID Safe app, even though it was working properly, probably is by now, is that, you know, we had a commentary on it um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even if it's working better than it did, and it's on all the time on iPhones, for example, it still is designed to pick up somebody who's within 1.5 meters of you. Well, just think about the Avalon Bowling Club or the Avalon RSL. People didn't get infected there necessarily by being within one and a half meters. They got it almost certainly from aerosol spread across the room. So a lot of what's coming out of the Commonwealth is, is fixated on droplet spread at close distance, which is important. But as we've seen in this outbreak, and the poor van driver who was transporting you know, air crew, and probably the cleaner as well in, 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 the, in the hotel, they, they're all almost certainly picking it up by airborne aerosol spread at a distance. And the hotel quarantine report um, again shows that ventilation is the problem, that you've got air from rooms going into general corridors. We had Marion Kaner on a couple of weeks ago on Coronacast talking about how they found single rooms were venting into general corridors, even going as far subsequently. She didn't talk about this, but the report does as far as the nursing station. So we are really letting healthcare workers down here as well. And what I'm being told anecdotally is that healthcare workers in New South Wales are anxious and concerned that they've got spread and apparently there are still issues in some New South, again, anecdotally, New South Wales hospitals with PPE and adequate mask wearing outside of high-risk areas. I mean, it's just a shame that we are not immunising right now healthcare workers when there's a cluster on. Well, it's funny because we were talking yesterday about you. You, well, your hot take was that we should be immunising people in the Northern Beaches area um, as sort of a pilot study and also as a way of ring fencing that outbreak there. Um, and so then now you're saying an even more specific approach would be to vaccinate the healthcare workers in that area to protect them. But do we actually have the supply of vaccine to give if we wanted to? Well, interestingly, I thought we had the Pfizer vaccine in the country and we were just wait, you know, and what we're waiting for was the TGA to approve. And I was gobsmacked yesterday to find out that we don't have Pfizer vaccine in the country. All we've got in the country is the capacity to manufacture, and apparently we are manufacturing, the AstraZeneca Oxford University vaccine, which at the moment, if it doesn't improve, will be a second-rate vaccine because it's only got 60, 62% effectiveness. If they get the dosage right, hopefully it goes right back up. But at the moment, we don't have vaccine to the march. Even Chile is getting vaccine right now. So I'm not quite sure why we were happy to be back of the queue because presumably when they were ordering this, there was still a bit of virus around in Australia, particularly in Victoria. So anyway, we don't. Hopefully, Astra will get its act together in terms of the dosage and find out whether that half dose followed by the full dose gives you 90% effectiveness, in which case you could start giving out the Astra vaccine. As we talked about yesterday, you could 
cover healthcare workers, including in aged care, and you could do ring vaccination, which to remind you is you do the same as contact tracers doing. As the contact tracers find the contacts around a case, you immunise those contacts around the case and you immunise their contacts. And that's how you implement. And that's on an act of faith that the vaccine will reduce transmission as well as you know, stopping disease. We don't know that yet, but there's a lot we don't know and it's worth having a go in terms of just getting control out there when you've got a cluster running. One of the things that often comes up in conversations about vaccines is whether mutations in the virus could affect the effectiveness of a vaccine. And we're hearing that the UK is declaring that there's a coronavirus strain happening there that's more transmissible and um, what do we know about whether that's what's here in Australia and how that might affect the ability of a vaccine to work as we expect it to? Well what's known is that there are two people who've arrived back in New South Wales with that uh, with that particular mutation. It may well be that people have arrived in other states as well with that mutation but it's not got out into the community so it's held there. It sounds as if it is more transmissible, but whether it's 70% more transmissible in its own right or whether it's human behaviour. And if anybody's looked at pictures in London of people out Christmas shopping prior to the lockdown, human behaviour wasn't changing in London and there were lots of people mingling. They're moving into winter. There's lots of things that are happening there at the same time that are going to work in a virus's favour. And that amplifies it. So you may have a a little bit more infectious, but it it may well be human behaviour amplifying it on top of that. doesn't seem to be more virulent, which is great news. But repeatedly, we've had these stories of increased transmissibility of viruses And Europe's doing the sensible thing. They're saying, well, let's just act on the precautionary principle and assume that it is that much more transmissible and we'll be very careful with this. And and Boris Johnson saying we're going to lock down London at tier four. That's sensible and precautionary, but it may well just be a little bit more transmissible and it's human behaviour. But it certainly has spread and you know, started to become much more dominant as the virus, at least in the southeast of England. I was reading some commentary by a virologist on that variant yesterday and three things really stood out to me. One was that it seems that this variant is able to bind to our cells more effectively, which seemed to me to be the way that it might be more transmissible. But it also seemed that, at least in theory, it could be cause less severe disease. But the third thing that was the most important thing that stood out to me was that it's in one tiny part of the spike protein. And when our bodies mount an immune response to the virus, it's mounting antibodies that fit into all different parts of the spike protein. So the the vaccines that we have should still be effective. Yeah. And that's, that's the word we've had from you know, scientists at the Doherty Institute in Melbourne so far with uh, some of these viruses. Now, the interesting thing would be is where has this virus come from with multiple mutations rather than just one or two? And the question is, could this actually be um, a jump from animals back into humans? So in other words, that there's an animal source for this. It's not the same virus apparently as was in the mink in Denmark, but could this be an animal source that's made the jump? Who knows? Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. You've got, at the moment, you've got two question-answering days to Christmas, or maybe three, and uh, we're still thinking about what we're going to do if this cluster continues. But at the moment, we're finishing Christmas Eve, but maybe not. We'll see how we go. See you tomorrow. See you then. See you then.